John 10, verse 1, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in another way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Verse 7, Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but sheep, but the sheep do not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for, for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not know the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not in this pen. I will bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is, the, is that I lay down my life to only take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of one accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This is the command I received from my father. Father, we just bless you. We bless your name. We bless the reading of your word and how it penetrates deep into our soul and into our spirit. I ask this morning, Lord, for, for permission. For permission to, to speak truth and love and to care for one another. I pray that you would send just a gift of mercy and blessing and open ears and open souls and spirits to hear and receive the word today by the power of your Holy Spirit. We love you, Good Shepherd. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Uh, the, the first hymn that we sang, uh, Praise to the Lord Almighty, there's a line in there that I just, it like, just hit me. It hit me deep. And it was, um, ponder anew what the Almighty can do. And I was like, that's so what I want to do this morning, is ponder something new, to grab a new truth that God can reveal and just go after it. So as we were, uh, as I was studying to read The Good Shepherd, I, I thought about my life growing up a little bit. Um, I was around uh, farms often. Do I, do I actually have anybody with a sheep farmer in here? Does anybody raise sheep? No? Okay. Darn. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so I, I grew up around my, uh, 
my dad's best friend had some cattle, so my dad had uh, bought some dairy cattle, so I was around that growing up. And then my uncle was a crop farmer, uh, but he also had, like, small animals. And uh, I used to raise pigs and show them in 4-H. So um, one time I remember being on my uncle's farm because we kept our pigs um, at my uncle's farm, and he had just gotten some sheep. And uh, so he's like, hey, we got to teach these sheep um, where they get food and where they get water. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, we filled up the trough for the water and the feed. And we're like, come on, sheep, come on. Like, and uh, they didn't move. <laughs> you know, they're just like wandering around, nibbling on the pasture grass. And I'm like, how is this going to work? <clears throat> and so my uncle's like, you're going to have to like push them into and like probably put their heads in the water so they know where the water come from. And I'm like, man, sheep are dumb. And then I'm like, wait, Jesus calls me a sheep? Like, uh, oh, man, like you couldn't have picked a different animal. And, and so that experience taught me, like, man, like, one, you know, we, we read that he's the good shepherd. But two, like, man, he compares me to a sheep. One that I, I had to literally, like, push a sheep into the pen area to teach them and put their heads down on where they would were, were get their nourishment. Um, when you raise pigs, uh, and I used to show them that they are actually an intelligent animal. Uh, within three months, I could lead a pig with just a tap on each shoulder with a cane. So within three months, like I could lead a, a pig around quite easily, um, but sheep are a different story. Sheep are a different story. So I, I'm not calling you dumb, but I am saying that uh, they're, uh, sheep are not the most intelligent animals on earth. And, you know, that's us. That's us. And I think the contrast is beautiful here because God talks about him being the good shepherd. And Jesus, in this time, when he is illustrating this to the Pharisees and the people that were following him, they knew exactly what a shepherd was and exactly what a shepherd did. So I'm going to briefly just explain some roles of a shepherd uh, for you. So... Uh, the first one was protection. Josh talked about that a lot last week, so I'm not going to get into that. But protection was a big part of being a shepherd, caring for the sheep through protection. Feeding. The shepherd would have to lead the flock to a place where they could feed themselves. All right? So he had to lead them to green grass. He had to lead them so that they then part, would partake in food, nourishment. Watering. And the shepherd would uh, had, have to lead his flock to a place um, where there was no rushing water, like no big movements. They needed pools of water because they would get scared. They would get scared. So it had to be like pools of water or a very slow-moving stream. They did not like the movement of water. It actually terrified them, and they would uh, you know, get dehydrated. So he would have to find a place or a pool where the water is still for these sheep. Grooming. So a shepherd had to groom his sheep. He had to take care of them, uh, make sure that they were clean and free of contamination. Uh, he would anoint their ears with oil so that bugs and things would not fly in and make the, the sheep literally go crazy. A sheep could go crazy um, if, with the flies and stuff. So he would anoint and protect, protect them that way by grooming. Shearing. Shepherds would... Um, shear their sheep, and uh, back in this time, they would usually shear them with a single blade, okay? So you imagine that, like a, a single blade that they sharpened 
with a rock, and they would pull the wool up and hack away, okay? So this was usually a very uncomfortable process for the sheep. It was not an easy process for the sheep to be having their wool pulled and and be cut with a single blade. You know, I'm sure that there were, were times where shepherds were probably very good at this, but I'm sure there was times where there was nicks of skin and blood happened, right? Shearing was not a very comfortable um, thing for the, the sheep, but they did it. Shepherds also delivered lambs. This, again, was a painful process for the sheep, but it brought new life into the herd. Um, and he, the, like right after the delivery, he would make sure that these lambs would know where to get nourishment from their mother. So he, they would make sure that right away how the, the lambs were um, getting nourishment. So all this has to do with leading. The shepherd was a leader. The shepherd led all those things. Um, one of the most, David's most famous song, I, psalm, I would assume, is Psalm 23. And I just want us in this moment to read this through the eyes of a shepherd. Okay, read it through David's heart, knowing what a shepherd had to do, knowing the work that he had to put in to protecting his flock by feeding, by watering, by grooming, by shearing, by delivering lambs. All right? So let's uh, actually read Psalm 23 with that in mind. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare me a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David understood what it was to be a shepherd. And yet he proclaims and writes this psalm about the good shepherd about the one who shepherds well. So let's, let's look at John 10 a little bit more here. I want to look at the word good, because um, I was like, you know, shepherd is mentioned a number of times in, in the Bible, but what, what is the word good? What is good shepherd? And good, in the Greek, is uh, kalos, which means noble, Wholesome, without blemish, and beautiful. Jesus was the only person to ever walk the earth who was truly good. This word literally defines Jesus. So they, you know, they, John puts good here for a reason. Saying no one else, no one else in our lives can be the good shepherd. Jesus is it. It's only Jesus. Only Jesus meets these qualifications. Let me read them again. Noble, wholesome, without blemish, and beautiful. Jesus is the one that meets these qualifications. So I want us to understand that when when John is writing good shepherd, there is a purpose. It's only Jesus can be the good shepherd. Only Jesus. No one else. I also want to look at a couple other words. Um... In verse 14, everybody look at at verse 14 with me, please. 
I am, right, the good shepherd. This is Jesus. I am the good, so noble, without blemish, wholesome. This is Jesus. I know my own, and they know me. Okay? So that word know there, that word there is gnosko. Gnosko means deep intimacy or friendship, deep, deep friendship. Um, To illustrate this, I am an Eagles fan, and uh, my favorite player growing up uh, was Brian Dawkins. Okay, I I loved Brian Dawkins. One, he's a a great godly man, but he, man, he just was a great football player. And I know a lot about Brian Dawkins. I know some college stats. I know his NFL stats, but I don't really know Brian Dawkins. I know my wife. I have intimate relationship with my wife. I know her. And so when Jesus is saying this here, he's not talking about just knowing some facts about somebody. He's saying, my sheep know me. They intimately know me. They intimately know me. So my question for you this morning is, do you intimately know the good shepherd? Where are you receiving? Uh, What are you receiving? Like, do you actually know the good shepherd? And I don't mean just up here, right? That gnosko is not head knowledge. It's deep relationship and friendship. Do you have relationship and friendship with God? Do you have this deep intimacy with Jesus? The other word, know that he uses right after that. Um, And they know me, and I know the Father. I laid my life down for the sheep. So the first no was gnosko, was intimacy. And the second uh, no is uh, a, a word that is, oh man, I might butcher it, but um, ido, ido, um, which actually means remember. Okay? So this has to do with previously knowing someone. So he, Jesus is saying here, do you intimately know me and do you remember, do you remember my voice? So Jesus is speaking. Do you actually know and remember his voice? So in order for you to know his voice, you need to have deep intimacy with him. You need to have relationship, gnosko, the deepest intimacy with him so that you can remember his voice. He is the good shepherd, no one else. So do we know intimately the good shepherd and do we remember his voice? I, I, I love that um, John uses this word gnosko 49 times. I love John too. Like he, you know, he, he's the self-proclaimed, uh, the one that Jesus loved, right? He's the one at the Last Supper that's laying on the breast of Jesus, you know? He intimately knew. And he uses this word, gnosko, 49 times to express that we are not just to have some kind of head knowledge with our Savior, but we are supposed to know him deeply. We are to be intimate with him. Why? Because he's the good shepherd. He is the one that leads us. Remember, a shepherd doesn't force, he doesn't force his sheep to eat. He doesn't force his sheep to drink. What does he do? He leads them. And they self-eat and they self-water. Jesus leads you, but you have to partake. 
You have to partake in intimacy that he's calling you into. He's inviting you into a deep relationship with him. He's inviting you into intimacy because he's the good shepherd. He's inviting you in to knowing his voice and remembering his voice. It all goes back to relationship with Jesus. It all goes back there because he's the one that wants to lead you. In verse 16, um, I have other sheep that are not in this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. Again, they will remember my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is calling right here, each of us one. We are one. I might be on a Sunday morning at a different place, but Jesus calls us one flock. And there's only one good shepherd, and he is it. He is it. He is the good shepherd. This is an important thing. Uh, Jesus didn't just mention this once about being one flock. He actually prays it in uh, John 17. He, he prays for you and I, because he, he prays that, that some, the, those that will believe someday, that's us, those that will believe someday, that we would be one as he and the Father are one. So think about that. He desires each of us, whether it's the person sitting next to you, whether it's somebody, you know, um, from Drexel Hill Church, you know, where Tim's at this morning, whether it's North Point or Daybreak or Abundant Life, the churches in the area, he calls us to be one. He is the chief. He is the cornerstone. He is the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And he's imploring you, there is one flock. I am the shepherd. I am good. Know me and remember my voice. So we've looked at um, Jesus being good. We understand that he knows us. There's one flock. And uh, the fourth thing uh, is we must submit to his leadership. We have to submit to his leadership. And just like the shepherd, you know, when he's shearing the sheep, sometimes it's painful. It's beneficial. I meant to get the picture, and I forgot. Did you guys see the picture of that sheep that had all that wool on him? He was, like, lost for a number of years. And he, like, could barely see, and he's, like, this big round ball. So, it, like, it was beneficial to have sheep have their wool taken off. It was a benefit for them, but sometimes it was painful. So in our, in, when you are submitting to Jesus, not everything is, uh, you know, strawberries, rainbows, and butterflies. Okay? Sometimes it's painful. But he's calling us to submit to his leadership. How do we know his leadership? We have to know him. We have to have an intimate relationship with him. That intimacy doesn't count with just some facts. Are facts good? Sure. I know facts about my wife. It helps me become more intimate with her, knowing facts. Right? But there's a deeper level that Jesus is calling us into. And if we are to submit to his leadership, we have to know him. We have to trust that he is the one that's going to protect us. Josh talked a lot about, uh, you know, when he's the gate, he's keeping us from, we have to trust him when we're going in and going out. We're trusting him both sides, and we don't need to fear because of that trust. The issue with many of us in here is we have fear in Jesus' leadership even because we don't fully trust him. 
Why don't we fully trust him? Because we don't know him intimately the way we should. When's the last time that you, uh, instead of tried to gain facts about God, tried to hear his voice? When's the last time uh, during prayer that you just stopped talking and said, I'm going to wait and pray what you ask me to wait or what you want me to pray? He wants to have relationship with us. You know, one of the big reasons he's giving this um, this talk to the Pharisees was to, one, prove that he was Messiah and he was Good Shepherd, but he was using an illustration that they understand and they knew, and he said, I am the only good one, and I am inviting you in to know me and to remember my voice. I just want to take a little bit of a side note here, uh, coming from a perspective of um, being someone who's called a pastor or a shepherd. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions with this word. Um, and many times people think that their pastors are supposed to be their chief shepherd or the one that cares for them solely. Well, there is some validity validity to that. I do want to share this. So this word shepherd um, in the Greek, so it's translated four times as a literal shepherd, somebody literally taking care of sheep. Uh, It's used eight times for Jesus being the good shepherd, four times in reference to caring uh, for believers Either it was a false teacher or a real teacher, okay? And one time, it was used for a church office. So somebody who held status in a church. And uh, the reason I share that with you is, for, for me, uh, something that is discouraging when, when you're a pastor is, just like Jesus, now I'm not saying I'm Jesus, um, but just like Jesus, you can only lead sheep to water. You can only lead them, but they have to self-feed. They have to self-feed. So even when whoever's up front, whether they're, when, when they're bringing the word, it's up to you to gain intimacy with Jesus. I mean, I I stand before you and I just share something. I share what he has been working on with me and I share what I've been learning. But you're the one that has to feed. You have to self-feed. I can't feed for you. The only thing I can, the only person I can feed for is me. The only person I can drink for is me. So yes, is it the responsibility of some leaders in the church to shepherd and care for you well? Yes, but they can only lead you so far. When Jesus is saying he's the good shepherd, he's the one that he's asking you to go deep with him and intimate in relationship. I was thinking about um, First Peter a lot this morning, and uh, I was listening um, to it on my way, way in. And I love how First Peter, he says, just go after spiritual milk. Go after the things. Go after spiritual milk. And I want to encourage you, like this morning, to go after that beautiful spiritual milk that Jesus says. He's inviting you into relationship. He is the good shepherd. No one else can shepherd like Jesus. He is the nourishment. He is the food. 
He's the one. So we can lead you there. Leaders can lead you there. Your elders can lead you there. But you're the one that has to drink. You're the one that has to know his voice. You're the one that has to choose relationship and intimacy with him. Each of us have influence as well. And when I was reading and breaking down the, the word shepherd, I was noticing that Jesus is the good shepherd, but other people were shepherd and they had influence. You have influence. So even though I like to always think about, or I, this is just who I am, um, I always like to challenge at some point and have people think. I, I want you to think in this moment, who are you shepherding? Who has God put in your life to shepherd and care for? To lead them to water. To lead them. To care for them. To protect them. Who has God put in your life? It's not just the role of the church leadership to shepherd and care. It's it's your role too. Like God has given you responsibility and people in your life to share and to comfort and uh, to lead them to water. To lead them to the good shepherd. Who are they? Friends. Neighbor. Kids, grandkids, co-workers. Who is God asking you to lead? Who is he asking you to shepherd? I'm going to be quiet for a second because I, I want that to sink in. I want you to think, who in my life has God called me to shepherd? I read a couple quotes this week by Oswald Sanders. And uh, he, he was talking about just the role of a, uh, of a pastor and a role of a shepherd. And I love some of the stuff he said. Um, a pastor is to, one of the main roles of a pastor is to equip the congregation to shepherd one another. And uh, I was like, huh, that, that was interesting. But the role to shepherd one another is, is care. One person can't care for anyone, uh, for everyone. He also said this, uh, it's not to be the good shepherd, it's to care and shepherd for one another. So leading to, to have you guys shepherd one another. He says this, a good shepherd is deeply influenced by the Holy Spirit and receives his or her ability to influence other people by him. So we, we can't know the good shepherd or remember his voice without the power of the Holy Spirit. And for us to be influencers, for us to care and shepherd other people, we have to know Jesus. We have to know the good shepherd. We have to be the ones that point people to the good shepherd. Oswald Sanders is the last thing. He says, one, uh, only one leader holds an office forever, and no successor is needed. Who is that leader? Jesus. The greatest Sunday school answer of all time. Jesus. He is the good shepherd. He says, I am. I am the good shepherd. I am the one that leads. I'm the one that leads you to water. I'm the one that leads you to drink. So I encourage you this morning that we take ownership of our own spiritual lives. We don't put it on another person, right? We don't put it on anybody else. We put it on Jesus. And we say, you're 
you claim that you are, I am the good shepherd, be my good shepherd. Be the one that I trust. Build relationship with him. No man, no human should ever take his place. I know there's been times in my life where I have put inappropriate uh, expectations or things on man that should not have been there because they're designed for God. So I encourage you this morning, take ownership. Excuse me. When Jesus is leading you to water, drink. When he's feeding you, drink. Know him intimately and remember his voice. Let's, uh, let's pray. Will you guys stand with me? I, I want to pray a, um, I want to pray Psalm 23 over us. Lord, be our shepherd. I want for nothing when I am with you. Thank you for leading me to the place, places of rest and wholeness. Restore me as we walk together. Lead me into righteousness and glorify yourself. When I walk through places of darkness and fear, help me remember that you are with me. Let your leading and discipline be comfort to me. Use me however you see fit. My heart overflows, for you prove your goodness and mercy to me every day. All I want is to be with you forever. In Jesus' name.